0: You're listening to the Women of Worth Podcast, hosted by me, Audrey Bellis, founder of Worthy Women. We explore what it means to live and lead in integrity as women of worth. We are here today with Brittany Pierce. Brittany Pierce is spearheading diversity in travel television programming, which she's going to tell us all about. She is the creator, executive producer, and host of Rhythm Abroad, the award-winning travel series airing nationally on PBS and other public television stations. In Rhythm Abroad, Brittany takes viewers on a cultural odyssey as she travels the world experiencing the fun and challenges of learning the traditional or popular dance of each country visited. However, she is not a professional dancer. She is the girl next door who appreciates a good beat. Whether it's learning to tango in the pulsating streets of Argentina or learning to belly dance in Turkey, she does it all even if she's out of her comfort zone. On the dance floor, Brittany talks to local musicians to gain a better understanding of culture through its music. She also savors the cuisine, enjoys the thrills of local activities, and uncovers the most unique places to stay and shop. Wherever Brittany is in the world, she finds dance and music to be the universal languages that bridge cultural divides and unite humanity. Man, that is the truth.
1: I love that. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure, as always. I love that line. You know, bridging cultural divides and uniting humanity. Truly, the only other thing that's universal besides music and dance is math. What was that from, math?
1: Do you remember that line? I think it was from a movie. I don't know. I I probably skipped out in in high school for
0: a minute. I'm blanking, (laughs) but there's something along the lines of... um, Gosh I, I forget where I hear this or where or heard this or read it, but it's something like I love math because it's the same in every language.
1: It is. And it that's is. how I feel Absolutely. about dancing, right? Absolutely. It
0: doesn't matter as long as you hear a beat and can pick up on it, whether you follow it or not, and Lord knows if you guys have seen me dancing, I pity you. Um, it's not a pretty sight. Uh, it's true right? You can enjoy it universally.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can tell when a music is soulful, um, when it's sad, uh, when it's upbeat, it it brings out emotion in you. And And you don't
0: you don't even have to understand the language Absolutely
1: to get Absolutely not. I mean, I went to Spain and saw the most incredible flamenco show um, mm. and the flamenco music. It's just so soulful and you can connect with the dancers and the musicians on the stage. And I didn't know a lick of what they were saying, um, but you can, it's soulfully received, you know? Um, and I think that that's what kind of uh, connects us all um, is, is music and dance. They, they really are the universal languages
0: they they truly truly are. So I want to know what is diversity in travel television programming? What does that mean?
1: <laughs> well, You know, really, I created this show because there was a lack of diversity in travel programming. Um, I I knew that I wanted to be a travel show host. I worked as a news producer and reporter uh, prior to starting the show. And I started to look for travel host positions. And I could only find uh, job postings that called for a white male 50 plus.
0: Oh, gosh. Now that you say (laughs) that, that's actually very true. I'm trying to think of what travel
1: show I know outside of yours that actually has a woman or somebody my age. Right. And so when we think about that, and 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 I, I really could not check off one box. At the time um, when I was really kind of in development and putting the idea of this show together um, and really looking for a travel host position, um, I could not check off one box an African-American female. And I was about 24 years uh, old at the time. And I thought, gosh, is there really no space for me I mean, I know that there are other people like myself who are traveling and that wanna get out and explore. Um, So why aren't we being represented in this space?
0: And if I can just add, uh, digital nomads are on the rise. In fact, I had a bunch of random like digital nomad travel for a year, or work remotely in all these different countries. Follow Absolutely. me on Instagram, like five or six of them in a row. And I was like, is the universe telling me a sign? Do they want me <laughs> to like just pack up and go away? In fact, um, I'm going to be 31 soon. And. For years, I told myself that when I turned 30, if I wasn't married and I didn't have kids, I was going to spend my entire 30th year, my worthy 30s, uh, traveling abroad and not coming home and just live in different countries now that we have Airbnb and all these cool things. Obviously, that did not happen. Um, (laughs) But you're absolutely right. That's crazy that we eat up so much of the marketplace, especially as a lifestyle, Mm -hmm. to not be represented by somebody showing us that life.
1: Absolutely. So you think about the norm of the travel host, and it is a white male 50 plus. And there have been some exceptions. The the game is starting to change a little bit, but I feel like I'm the absolute opposite of what the travel host has been in the past. Um, And so I I feel like I'm spearheading diversity in and on multiple different levels, Um, being a woman who is out in different countries around the world and is traveling, uh, being a young millennial, but also um, an African-American. And I'm bringing a fresh perspective to travel, um, a different perspective to travel.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, for Worthy Women, we actually do a lot of work in corporate diversity and inclusion. Um, And so we definitely see things like that women of programs. And one of the interesting things that we've talked about internally is that so many of our women of programs are for white women. Right. And so we've actually we've made it a big focus when we're working with companies and doing diversity and inclusion training and leadership training. Right. We have a program called Worthy Leadership that we are asking companies to allow experiences for different cultures and different races so that people can see, you know, okay. I want to see somebody who looks like me. And in mm-hmm. fact, with Worthy Women, that's the whole reason we call it Worthy Women and why we have it. We got tired of going to events and our audience got tired of going to events, seeing white men on panels. Absolutely. We want people who look like us. We want Latinas, we want African-American Latinas, African-American women. We want Afro-Latinas. Mm-hmm. We want Asian women. We want to see the spectrum. And like you said, women who are young Right, sure. That are actually representing going through these times the way we are. So, I have to ask, what is it like speaking of travel? And I, I, I imagine you obviously travel. Duh, you travel for a career. Sure. Are you concerned about travel under our current political climate, or how has that shaped any, uh, any
1: apprehension from your community? You know, I try to lead my personal life without fear, right? We can be fearful of a lot of things. And so I think the moment you allow fear to creep into your life, it it prevents you from moving forward. Ooh, um, <laughs>
0: good line. Are you feeling that one? I, <laughs> Because it's true. The minute you're right. The minute that you allow fear to permeate, Mm -hmm. you begin to start playing small. You do.
1: You absolutely do. And I mean, that can be anything from I'm afraid to get on a plane. You might not ever go. And yes. Oh, I got an ant like that. Yeah. And you know, I don't love being up in the air so high on this aircraft, but at the same time, I'm not completely fearful of it. And yeah, there could be something that goes wrong, but you know what? I'm just going to live my life as there will be another tomorrow, you know? Oh my goodness. So, uh, one of my very good friends and I went to Bali and. Uh, incredible place, oh. incredible.
0: It was the best. We were gone for three weeks, too. It was the longest vacation either of us
1: have ever taken. It was mine as well. I was there for a month.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And right before we left, I started watching all of, like, the Bermuda Triangles and When Planes Disappear on Netflix. <laughs> and she goes, you have to stop doing this. Sure. And, you know, it's like when you watch Dr. Pimple Popper. You can't <laughs> help a- it. You have to look. You're, d- you're grossed out and you don't I'm want to, that but you have to. that you even have know to. of Dr. Pimple Popper. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Dr. Pimple Popper. Yeah, I've
1: seen a couple of videos and you do get pulled in. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They're the best.
0: Yeah. So I love what you said, though, about fear. It absolutely takes over. You know, I was so bummed when the uh, immigration ban Mm -hmm. came down first because I was like, man, I want to go to like half these countries. Mm -hmm. Like those are on my list of places to go. What does that mean for us? Which is, you know, we think about Cuba, right? Mm -hmm. Cuba opening up and and the embargo being lifted so that we can go and we can can travel and experience it. I mean, that was like such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And to think that it feels like we're going backwards to have more experiences like this. Sure.
1: I completely understand that. But I think sometimes what people are concerned about is... When they go to that destination, are they going to be received by the local people because of what's happening within our political system right now? And I think people are smarter than that. I think they understand that our current president and some of the the political leaders represent a small few. And I think people are smarter to judge you as a person rather than just by your nationality. Um, And I experienced that. In, in Bali, you know, at the mm-hmm. time, Barack Obama had been in office for about two years at that time. And it, people were just very excited, you know, to, to just kind of get to know you as a person from the States. And so I, I kind of lead with that and knowing that people will judge me based off of my character and not my president's character. Absolutely. And for those who
0: have not been to Bali, do it. It's affordable. It's beautiful. Everything is delicious. It's so much fun. It takes a really long time to get there. It was a long flight, but it was such a magical experience. And I think one of the gifts that Bali gave me was that I went with a friend, right? Mm -hmm. And so my friend uh, is the total opposite of me. She's very quiet. She only used, she has, I like to say that she has no extra words, She's very purposeful with hers and I'm a chatterbox. So we were either going to drive each other bananas or come <laughs> back closer. And thankfully, I think the latter happened. But that was the first time as an adult I traveled for an extended period of time mm-hmm. with a friend, not somebody I was dating, not a family member. And we were both going to a place where we didn't and we had a stopover or a layover in Shanghai on the way mm-hmm. there. We were going to places where we didn't speak the language. We weren't taking international cell phone plans. We were just going on Wi-Fi and and taking a leap of faith. And it was kind of scary, but mostly exhilarating. And it was, it was so much fun. And I remember, here's an interesting thing that I noticed. Uh, when we got there, we met other, we met Australians, we met all kinds of other people, and they all refer to themselves as expats, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. expatriates. They mm-hmm. don't refer to themselves as immigrants. Whereas we, same thing, when we go to other places, we refer to ourselves as expats, but yet we call everybody else immigrants. Immigrants. And I was like, <laughs> That makes no sense. Sure. Right? Yeah. It's like America's got its nose stuck up at you. But I think the thing that it really made, really stood out for me was the value of traveling alone, traveling with friends, having those experiences that, you know, always feel unaffordable and out of reach and I can't Shh. take the time off, but oh my God, they're life changing.
1: Yeah. They're challenging, but they are life changing. Um, I think for you to be away for extended period of time with a friend or a significant other or maybe even a family member, whoever you may be with, they can be challenging because you don't have the time to just decompress sometimes, right? Right. You might not be used to being with them all the time or being thrown into these situations where you're trying to figure things out.
0: Oh, and let me just tell you, when you're (laughs) traveling with somebody and you aren't sure if they're a picky eater or if they are a picky eater, Mm -hmm. that is, and you're in a foreign country, that is the fastest way to get frustrated. Thankfully, my friend and I, neither of us are picky eaters. We ate everything. We were adventurous eaters, and that was so much fun, but I was like, oh, thank God, because if you weren't, this was going to be a disaster.
1: Sure, I went with my best friend, and she is a picky eater.
0: Oh. And
1: yeah, I, we, we made it through, though. We made it through, yeah. um, and she would allow me to try things first, and then I'd be like, no, it's really good. You should try it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a challenging situation to be out of your comfort zone, and travel kind of pushes you to do that, but I think travel opens you up to new ways of living, mm. new ideas of, of the world. And it, it allows you to to see that at, at the very core, we are all the same despite our differences, the nuances in our differences, right? religion, the, the religion we might practice, or our belief systems, or how we live, or the income that we, we bring in, we all want the same basic things in life. We want love. We want uh, quality um, medical care. We want to be able to provide for our families. We want our bellies full. And we want to be able to laugh and enjoy some of the things in life you know, while we're here. And then you realize we're all part of the same species, and we're not that different at all, you know? Oh, you're 100% true. And one of the things that you just said that
0: really stood out to me is, you know, we want to enjoy ourselves. We want to play big. We want to experience things on our terms. I like to call it life by design, not by default, right? Sure. And you definitely not just live a life by design with your travel, but, you know, you didn't always have this job. Like you said, you or this career, I should say, this is not a J-O-B. This Mm -hmm. is a career. You have what I like to tell people that I do. I have a career that's an extension of my personality. Absolutely. And you went out and made it happen because like you said, you were seeing job listings and you weren't seeing something that fit for you. How did you go about and just, and actually do that and turn your passion into a career?
1: Sure. I think... When you have a will, there's a way. Mm. So I was very determined to make it happen. I did not know how I was going to make it happen. But you don't need to know exactly the path because there are lots of different paths that you can get to the same end destination. So I would caution people not to worry about those routes. Just kind of continue to put one foot in front of the other. And so I just reached out to people that I admired who were already doing what it is that I was doing regardless of whether I thought I could actually reach them or not, because some of them actually picked up the phone and I was able to pick up, pick their brain and learn a little bit more about the business, learn the ins and outs. How do I get this show on PBS? What do I need to do? And through all of that, I was able to put these pieces of the puzzle together. A lot of the producers on PBS, they're independent producers and they're approachable. It's PBS is not this network in per se. All of the stations are independent. There's no central Production house, so the independent producers usually work from their own office or from their own home office or whatever the case may be, and they're passion projects. They're they're people that want to be doing this, and um, and they go out and make it happen. And that's really how Rhythm Abroad stemmed. I had an idea in my head. I had traveled to Nicaragua, Ooh, and <laughs> I, I really want to go there because I'm a cigar
0: fanatic. Oh, you'll love am- it dying to go smoke cigars there yeah
1: yeah you'll you'll love it Nicaragua it's sometimes overshadowed by it's the country right next to it Costa Rica and Costa Rica is vibrant and beautiful but Nicaragua is not to be missed I, I feel like it's um, it's still very authentic it's not overran by tourism yet so if you haven't been now is the time to go I went about 10 years ago um, and it was my first international trip um, right outside of college I had never been outside of the country. Me and my travel mates went to a local club and this guy asked me to uh, dance in his broken English and I responded in my broken Spanish. And we were able to connect with each other despite not really being able to speak one another's language. Yeah, And it was the first time that I felt Like I wasn't a traveler or a tourist, but that I was just a person experiencing the Nicaraguan life. And I had been invited to share in their culture. And it was just so liberating to be dancing amongst the people, the local people. And they were just happy that I was out there trying the dance, you know. And me and that guy danced on the dance floor for maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. But within that moment in time, we were able to connect with each other over that dance and music. And so that experience lasted with me for some time. And so fast forward years later, when I started thinking about how I was going to put this travel show together, this idea came back to me and I said, that's it. That's the one time that you felt like you weren't a tourist. So lead with that. Lead with those authentic experiences.
0: Oh, I love that. You know, what else I love about the travel industry is um, the fact that we have Airbnb now. Um, And we stayed in a bunch of Airbnbs when we were in Bali. And I love that it gives you the opportunity to live like a local. So there's a difference between traveling and being touristy and having a full like guided tourist experience, which no knocking on that, that's awesome Mm -hmm. and really cool things to do. But I really love being able to plop down in a place. Get, in the house, get a house, get an apartment, and live like everybody and go to the farmer's market and experience the cooking and go have coffee at the local places and meet people in ways that you can't really do in hotels.
1: Sure. I think what it's doing, um, Airbnb and, and services like Uber, they're allowing people more options right? And there are some people that are only going to go to a not, an all-inclusive resort and lay out on the beach. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. I've learned not to judge people in how they choose to travel. I, I encourage people to, to leave the hotel and, and explore and talk to the people, try the local food. But sometimes that takes a little time for people to get to that point. Right. But once they do... They're usually hooked. You know what yeah. I mean. They're just hooked, and it's like this is the only way I would do it now is by doing it this way, and and really connecting with the people. So I went to Puerto Rico with some girlfriends of mine, and we got an Uber, and it was like we're able to talk to the local person who's driving us around in their personal car, and and we we stayed in an Airbnb, you know, and just kind of got a different perspective of things, like you said, than staying in a hotel.
0: You know, it's interesting you bring up Uber. When we were in Bali, we exclusively used Uber as much as possible and not the local taxis. And I'll tell you why. We felt safer. One, Mm -hmm. you're not bartering or Mm -hmm. you're not haggling on prices, Mm -hmm. right? The taxis there didn't have meters. Mm. So it was like this argument of price. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know if we were overpaying or underpaying or what was really like a fair value. Sure. And again, we're two young women traveling in a foreign country. On the Uber app, it's actually tracking you. Mm -hmm. It's telling you where you're going to go. And the map in the app has a destination versus somebody who's Getting you there, and you don't know how they're getting you there. It actually encouraged us to get out of our comfort zone and explore more because it gave us a sense of safety. And I actually wrote a letter to Uber when I got back to say, This is the first time I've used it in a foreign country, even in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And it helped me have a better travel experience, not just because I could get around, but because I felt so much safer safer. being able to do it that technology has allowed that. Whereas otherwise you're getting in a taxi with a stranger with no meter and no GPS to tell you where you're going, trusting that they know where to go and with a language barrier. That can be very scary, especially as a young
1: woman these days. And- Absolutely. And I think only if you're a woman can you understand that feeling of of not being safe sometimes when you yes. get into an elevator or when you're walking down a dark street or when you're getting into somebody else's car. So, I, yeah, I agree that taking all precautions and, and being aware of your surroundings. I think a lot of times when we get to a destination, we Feel this sense of security, and so we start to to let our guard down. And I would caution you not to do that, but to always stay aware of your surroundings, but also taking precautions like using a safe mode of transportation. We've all seen the movie Taken, <laughs> oh which, yeah, which I absolutely loved. But it's a reminder to you know talk to people and listen to what they're saying, and be aware of your surroundings.
0: Oh well. yeah, now that Uber's in so many countries too, it's like can we go to all countries that have Ubers? Because this is amazing. (laughs) You You know what else I love about this is that you are truly leading a community in a very different way. One, you know, this is women of worth. And this is for women who live and lead in integrity. And integrity is in the content that you produce. It's how you live your life. And I love that it's that you've literally created a career from something that holds that you hold so much integrity for yourself in and keeps you grounded in something that you love and you're passionate about and driving community. As you've become a more prominent leader, I mean, your show is award-winning. It's in a very public place. Um, Has that changed and affected how you lead your community and kind of
1: driven the content in any particular way? Sure. I do feel a responsibility as well. I get a lot of viewers who are saying, thank you for having this show. Thank you for representing us. Yeah. Um, thank you for being a woman that's going out in the world and uh, taking on some of these destinations that they may not have ever gone to. Thank you for showing us this part of the world. And thank you for being an African-American out there um, that's on that's hosting a travel show in, in a space that that's not been done before. So I feel a responsibility to keep the show going for those people for that community. And I also feel a responsibility to bring up the next generation as well through internships and, and paid uh, jobs with the the production as well. And you certainly are because, you know, women in media is certainly a hot topic.
0: We are actually putting together a panel for our Los Angeles May City Summit that's specifically about women breaking into media, exploring media, um, and breaking down some of those barriers. So Brittany, I have to ask you the question, uh, the golden question, or the hundred million dollar question, however you wanna frame it. What makes you a worthy woman or a woman of worth?
1: I am a woman of worth because I exist. Mm -hmm. Um, The universe God chose me to be here. So I know that there is a reason for that. And I am, Worthy of continuing to pursue my passions um, and to go out there and make it happen. I, I have been instilled; God has provided me with everything that I possibly need to make my vision a reality. And I—that's I, why I think that I'm a woman of worth because I exist. I am here. I love that.
0: You know, one of my favorite reminders to myself, and I actually have this uh, written on my mirror at home where I put on my makeup: "Is you have everything you need in this moment." No matter what it is. And I think that is so true and such a powerful reminder. Brittany, it's been such a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for being here. Where can people connect with you? Well, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Our social media handle is Rhythm Abroad across all social media platforms. You can also find us on our website at rhythmabroad.com. And you can check your local PBS station uh, for a really great episode of Rhythm Abroad with Brittany Pierce. Uh, We'll take you someplace in the world.
0: And guaranteed people, the Instagram photos are going to be amazing because they're awesome destinations. This has been Women of Worth with your host, Audrey Bellis.